what up? It's your boy Cool Chef. This podcast is brought to you by my boy Joey T and Tyrese Maxi. But right now, you know, we just maxing on the courts, hailing from the streets of South Philly. Sometimes it gets a little hectic out there. But right now, we go up you on how we just chill. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back into another edition of Trust the Podcast. I am your host, Joe Tumin, as always. And today, we are continuing with our preseason NBA coverage as the 2023-24 season approaches very quickly. October 24th is opening night. The other day, Joe Eckstein, Andrew Buckman hopped on for the Eastern preview. And now I am joined by another frequent guest of the pod, Mr. Disney himself. He's got Simba behind him, Yoda behind him right now. Or excuse me, is that Grogu? Either way, yeah. Chris Reynolds is back on the pod. Chris, thank you for joining me today. Uh, it's a pleasure, Joe. We, we talked about the West last year, and I feel like a lot of that, you know, some good picks, some of it was a little wonky, but we were right about some teams. I liked hitting on the Timberwolves, but yeah, happy to run it back. And uh, hopefully this year we'll be able to predict that the Lakers will make the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, well, that's what we did last year, even when they were in 11 seed, and they wound up doing it. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, we are doing the Western Conference preview once again today. And, you know, Chris, a couple of years ago, the NBA, the Western Conference ran the league. That was where all the good teams were. And then the past few years, it's become a little more even. Maybe even the East was the better conference. Uh, and even though the East is still top heavy, I think we're back at a point where the Western Conference is kind of running supreme in the NBA. When I was going through this conference prepping for this podcast, I think I like almost every team in this conference. And it's really hard to narrow down who I think is going to be a playoff team, who I think will be a eight seed, a one seed, miss out. It's tough. Uh, so with that in mind, we can just jump right into it. I guess when you look at contenders in the Western Conference, I guess we can start with this simple question. What teams in this conference do you think can make the NBA Finals? Do you think have a shot at pulling that off? Well, but to your point, I really don't think the East was ever really better than the West. I think like some of the top teams might have been, but I feel like the West is always super deep every single year. I definitely could see, like, I feel confident that two could really win it. And then the rest of them are like fringe teams. I'll go three. I'll go three teams I feel like are definite contenders. And the rest I could see if they make a trade or like if they really get hot at the right time. And those three, I would say, are the Nuggets, who just won, the yeah. Lakers, who came on strong at the end of last season, and Phoenix, just because they have Booker, KD, and Beal, and I feel like that talent is there. But, like, I don't think Golden State's as good as they were a few years ago. You know, like, the Grizzlies are on the decline, and then, like, the Timberwolves aren't there yet. I don't see a world where it's not the Nuggets, Lakers, or Suns really taking over. Yeah, uh, Denver to me is a really strong repeat candidate. I think that they well, we can get in, we can dive in a bit deeper on them in a sec. I think they got better in the offseason. I really do. And they still have the same starting five, same coach, all that jazz. So I'm really confident in them. I think they will probably be the best team in the West. And then the Lakers, the offseason they had. I mean, they had such a great trade deadline and they followed it up with maybe even a better offseason. I just think that roster they can do a lot of different things. and it's lo- it, But the thing with them, it's always going to come back to LeBron and Davis. Are they healthy? Are they playing up to par? Are they playing at their 100% best? Davis, especially when healthy, is more of a concern. LeBron, if he's on the court, is probably going to bring it. But if those guys are healthy in the playoffs with that roster, I really think they could beat just about anyone. Denver's going to be tough to beat. But if Davis is playing his best, they could give Denver a run for their money. Phoenix... 
we've we've already debated a lot about Phoenix on this podcast. I've landed on their bench. They did a lot of good things, but there's still a few holes, especially after getting rid of Aiton, that yeah. I just don't like. And I do think they're going to be a monster in the regular season. But uh, do you want to start with them? Just because you talked about that star power. I think that's an important yeah. topic because I think some people are going to say Durant and Booker and Beal. Yeah, the show's over. They're going to win the West. There's other people who maybe will look at it a little closer like us and maybe think like, eh, regular season, sure, if they're playing, uh, you know, some of these Eastern Conference teams, whatever. But playoff time, can they stack up the Denver and the Lakers? I don't think so. Yeah, no, I, I we we argued about them a lot. And going into free agency, I was like, all right, they need actual guys around Aiton, uh, Beal, but especially Booker and Durant. I'm not a big Beal guy. Beal hasn't had to play defense in years. People are talking about Damian Lillard now, and it's like Dame's now having to play winning basketball. We haven't had to see Bradley Beal play winning basketball in years. However, Beal is the third option instead of the second option like Dame. And then they got Eric Gordon. They got a lot of bench pieces that actually I think work. Then they made this trade where they got rid of Aiton and for Nurkic, and I think that's a terrible move, especially in the playoffs. Nurkic is not guarding Jokic or uh, Anthony Davis. Not that Aiton was going to lock him down, but I feel like he's a better option than Yusuf Nurkic, who might be the worst defensive center that we're going to see. So I liked Phoenix. All right. I never really loved Phoenix, but then they started. I was like, all right, they actually might have a chance. And then they made that trade and I'm out on Phoenix again. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to count out Booker and Durant because I feel like you can't. If like there's one series where Booker's dropping 36 a game again and Durant's doing his normal stuff and Beal gets hot a game or two, like right. they could, but. I I don't think they're nearly as reliable as a Lakers if they're healthy or Denver who seems like as long as they have Jokic they can put any system around them. And yeah. also the Lakers last year were really good and LeBron was injured for most of that play like the end of that playoffs and they still were fighting in every game. Yeah, for sure. I we can talk about the Lakers in one sec because I'm we're very high on them. Phoenix for me they made the coaching change with Frank Vogel and I think that's good for. Just the defensive culture, uh, you know, he has championship experience with the Lakers. That being said, I like Frank Vogel. I don't like the personnel for them for him whatsoever. Defensively, where is this team getting anything? And I like Durant. I know Durant and Booker try, but Durant's at a point in his career where he should be playing less minutes in the regular season. He's been getting hurt pretty much every year. I mean, think about it. Last year, he gets traded to Phoenix, winds up only playing eight regular season games because he got hurt again. Uh, and obviously, playoff come playoff time, I trust Kevin Durant, no doubt about it. Devin Booker was incredible in the playoffs last year. He's, I think, taken a leap. And I think he's, at this point, like maybe even a top 10 player in the league. And Beal, like you said, as a third guy, maybe he'll play a little more off the ball, maybe get, start making some more threes again. And I'd like to see that from him. But defensively, you said Nurkic. I mean, the guys, he's just not the athlete Aiton is. Even if Aiton can't stop Jokic, we saw in the playoffs last year, Nurkic just can't move like that. And you look at their backups. I mean, Eubanks, that's not a elite rim protector whatsoever. And contrary to what Kendrick Perkins may think, Bull Bull is not either. So even though I like those two guys as the backup centers, and I think they're going to have good offensive moments, uh, I don't think they're the answer against Jokic or Davis. And I think that's going to be a real problem. I look at their wings. Once again, uh, who's stopping anyone? I guess Grayson Allen plays tough, but he's shorter. He's like 6'3", 6'4". He's not going to be able to guard wings. Uh, And Eric Gordon, I like the Eric Gordon signing a lot, and it's the one bench piece that I think is really impactful. But to me, defensively, Durant and Booker can try, but they can't do everything. They don't even have Torrey Craig anymore. Like, they don't have anyone 
who I think can stop, you know, a red hot superstar coming into Phoenix. And there's other issues we can talk about too, but that's maybe my biggest with this team. Yeah. Defense. I mean, Booker, I actually think is a good defender. And then Durant is lengthy enough to get blocks, but whatever, but just, I'm looking at that lineup. It's like, I don't, I don't, I agree with your point, but the defense is like, I don't think Denver has a great defense either, but we saw they could defend when they had to. Just I don't I don't think Phoenix can. I don't think they have that switch. I think the Lakers' strength is their defense, to be honest with you. So like who I who's gonna stop someone if they get hot? Like that's exactly what you said. That's the best point I can make is like Russell Westbrook was literally cooking against them last year, and it was just oh, so fun for me to watch. And they had eight in then. You know what I mean? So and they had more actual options. And Grayson Allen isn't it's not just wings. He can't guard anything. So I, it's just not, they got a lot of bench pieces that I think would be good if they like, or one of the guys, but when they're all together, it's like, I don't like any of those guys defensively. Right. I mean, a Kogi's fine, I guess, but like, he's, yeah, no... he's the only one that I feel like is a plus defender on that. Right. Bench. And like, what's he, he can't, he can't save this whole team's defense. I agree. And then the other thing there's two other issues. It's durability with Durant and Beal. They're both in their 30s now, and they've dealt with a lot of injuries in recent years. So if one of them goes down, even Nurkic honestly has had some injuries himself. So this team, I think, has some – I'm not saying, you know, injuries can happen to anyone. There's a lot of teams in this conference. We talked about the Lakers. We can talk about the Clippers. Uh, teams have injuries. There's a, there's injury concerns, but that's a problem. And playmaking. Listen, Devin Booker, I know him and Durant can handle the ball. But they're not point guards. They don't have a Chris Paul or even a Ricky Rubio anymore to set the table for these, you know, guys like Eric Gordon or Devin Booker or Bradley Beal who can play off the ball. Andrew Buckman's been on the pod two times recently. He doesn't want Bradley Beal handling the ball as a Wizards fan. I think that's going to carry over in Phoenix. This team, they even cut Cameron Payne, who I don't think is a great point guard, but at least he kind of plays the position. They need to get someone on the buyout or trade market who can just facilitate a little offense. And because Booker and especially Durant, should not have to be playing point guard for the entire regular season. They need to be ready for the playoffs so they're healthy and ready to to carry the load come that time. But for now, I'm not saying they shouldn't have traded Chris Paul. I think they needed to get rid of that salary as he started to decline, but there's no replacement. And so defensively and passing, I think there are two major issues for this team. Yeah, that's like the main thing that with like the Bradley Beal trade, I get he was cheap and stuff, but like, he doesn't solve any of their problems at all. And I feel like this team is built more on their star power than actual team needs. And I feel like we're seeing that now where you talked about like Bradley Bill's not going to be the point guard that's going to distribute it. He mm-hmm. could get you five assists in Washington when, he, when he's the only guy, but he's not going to be the facilitator. And those, like you mentioned Booker and Durant, they can facilitate, but that's not what they should be doing with most. So yeah. Yeah. Great. With everything you said. Yeah. It's just really hard because I liked, like, I remember we were talking about, I was like, Chris, the Suns are going to sign bench guys. They're going to be better than they were last year. You got to, you got to trust their process. And then I liked a lot of the guys they signed. But now that I look at the roster, it's time for the season to start. Everyone I liked that they signed, it's like offense first players. And that's fine. But they, like we said, there's no defensive guys. Yuta Watanabe, he's a good three-point shooter. He's going to get a lot of open catch and shoot opportunities. Eric Gordon off the bench will be good. Even Grayson Allen will be fine, but... These guys just, they don't solve the problems. They, they, they're they kind of redundant, some of them. So I, I just think when push comes to shove, Phoenix will win on star power, I guess. But I, that doesn't, we've seen it countless times now. Like, that doesn't guarantee you a title. You have to have a real basketball team. And they I don't think they do. Yeah, we saw this, like, in the late 
very end of the teens when teams are just getting big threes to try to fight with each other. And I feel like if like the best built team was like they need they fit each other's you know what they needed, but every team was just going for talent rather than fit. And I feel like the teams have the best fit and talent. You know, that's I think fits more important than talent as long as you actually have like the Nuggets, for example. I don't think they're the most talented team, but I think they have like the best guys around their top talent. Right, like Bradley Beal is obviously a better player than Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr., but it doesn't matter. The system they have is so perfect that it, it works. So, I don't know. I'm just frustrated with Phoenix because I really like the team they had two years ago when they were playing Milwaukee in the finals, and I just think that they – I think Durant – trading for Durant was the right choice, but you have to make the moves to then – you know, make up for what you lost in that deal. And instead, I just think they're like, oh, we're going to outscore teams every night. It's like, well, what if you go cold? Like, yeah. what if the other team's hot? What's going to happen? That whole team is gone except for Booker now. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And let me, yeah, I think you're literally right about that. Wow. That is, that and is close. Crazy. And it's like after the Chris Paul trade, it's like the only two guys left from that team. It's Aiton and Booker. And then they trade Aiton now. The whole core they is gone. They went to the finals and then they had one of the greatest regular seasons ever. And then like the next year. Right. Yeah. And literally the whole team is gone except for Devin Booker. Yeah. It is weird. It is weird how the NBA works now. I mean, there are some teams that have consistency, though, like our reigning champion, the Denver Nuggets, who I think will be the one seed in the West. Well, let's start here. Do you think they got better this offseason? I do, but I think some people I've heard disagree. I know Bruce Brown leaving is a big deal, but what do you think about Denver coming off their title, chances of repeating? I... I just forgot how hard it is to win two in a row. You know what I mean? Milwaukee, oh, Chris Milton gets injured against the Celtics, and then they lose. And then Golden State next year, they, like, don't have the great season. I think it's really hard to repeat. I don't think I realized how hard it was until I was, like, rooting for a team to win. And it's just, like, you go through that grind, you put everything out, and you play so long compared to every other team, you have less rest. So just based on all that stuff, I wouldn't pick them to win, but... To win the West, I think they're a pretty good bet because I think they're built to have a good regular season. Uh, but what did they do this offseason besides lose Bruce Brown? So Bruce Brown lost, or they lost Bruce Brown. They also lost Jeff Green. So two guys in their playoff rotation. I from think they the- can replace Jeff Green. Well, that's my point. Like, Jeff Green was good, though. He was in their playoff yeah, rotation. Yeah, he was good, but... Yeah. I just think they have a lot of young guys, and if these young guys were starters, yeah, that's a problem. But I think they're well coached enough and these guys have proven enough in their you know career so far, whether it's college or their rookie seasons, whatever, that I think these guys are going to be able to step up. It starts with Christian Brown, who was really good for them in the playoffs. He was, you know, he won a national title at Kansas, then contributed to Denver last year. I think he's ready for 25 minutes a night. I think he's going to be their best bench player. There's been some good buzz about Zeke Naji coming as the backup four, backup five type uh, position this year. He's been with them a few seasons now, and it sounds like they're optimistic that he's going to have a, a bigger role. And then their draft. I loved their draft. It starts with Jalen Pickett. Jalen Pickett from Penn State, our guy. Uh, I think he's just the perfect backup point guard for this system. I think he's he's very selfless player with the ball. He rebounds well. Uh, you know, maybe not a lockdown defender, but you know, I talked about it in the summer. Like, I think he's going to be an impact guy for them. And he showed even in the preseason game. I wrote an article about his preseason showing the other the other day for the Collegian. Like he already was. Everyone's like, "Oh, Joe and Pick and Coley play back to the basket." Well, he made a three in that game. Uh, had a little floater over Bull Bull. Like 
Jalen Pickett's a team player. If he he's not going to just shoot the ball and back people down in the post all the time. If he's playing with the Denver Nuggets, like he's going to share the ball. I think he's a great connective piece. And maybe as a rookie, they still have Reggie Jackson. So I don't even think Pickett is going to be an everyday player for them. But, you know, if they want to switch it up instead of Jackson scoring, they go with Pickett as like the, a connector piece. I think he's going to be good. And Strother from Gonzaga, I think he just went six for six in the preseason game. He's going to be a really good, I think, three and D guy off the bench as like a ninth man. I don't know. I just really love their draft. And I like some of these young guys, Brown especially as well. I think they just have a good young core behind this established starting five that plays so perfectly together. I think they're going to be like a high 50s win team again. Yeah, I I don't know if Bruce Brown is the only guy that I feel like was a great like fit next to Jokic, mm-hmm. like off their bench. She was like, I think your best bench piece, uh, clearly. So losing him, sure. But I, if one of those young guys pops off, I feel like you have a point. And if Reggie Jackson, I'm, like they don't really use him that much. You know what I mean? Yeah, he should Actually, play more this year. I feel like if they give him more because now he's it's not in the middle of a season, I think they could be like better. But I don't think they got like – I think the Lakers upgraded a lot. I don't think the Nuggets – I think they kind of stayed the same, to be okay. honest with you. I like them just – they have as good of as a chance as anyone to repeat of like recent champions. Their run didn't seem fluky to me. Golden State seemed like it was a surprise a little bit. Uh, Milwaukee seemed like they barely got to the finals because they, oh. they barely beat the Nets. Yeah, the Nets series, right. Yeah, so this Nuggets one, though, they felt like they dominated every step of the playoffs. And Golden State, it felt like they just – it was like, oh, Golden State should win the series, but next thing you knew, they were in the finals. It was kind of surprising. Like, no one – they were like the obvious pick, but Denver was the obvious pick last year. Let's see if they can do it again. Because I think that's right. a bubble team. As long as Jokic and Murray are healthy, they could. Yeah, I mean, we're barely even talking about their stars. But by the way, Jokic, <laughs> it's so funny for me to say this, but well, he's my MVP pick this year. Embiid got it last year. I think Jokic can get another one this year. Maybe in the regular season, he's not even going to go as hard as he is in the playoffs. We saw that last year. Like he obviously turns it up in the postseason. But even in the regular season, I think he's such a great player. Murray's going to be fully healthy from the start. Like, he was still come back from the injury last year. I think he could have maybe the best regular season of his career so far. And then the the wing guys, you know, Porter, Gordon, KCP, you know, they're all great players. They all fit this system so well. I'm all in on Denver. Just think they need a better backup center than DeAndre Jordan. But other than that. Yeah, can, they, can they address that? Yeah, like, right? They need to get a backup for Jokic. Because yeah. imagine if Jokic actually got hurt, right. that he would actually lose every game. Yeah, like, well, when they had Plumley, it was the perfect backup for their system. Yeah, because he's, he's actually a playmaking like big yeah. too, and he could actually like play competent basketball. But mm-hmm. yeah, Jordan can. I don't know why he's on the roster. <laughs> yeah, I agree. He's still, I still have trauma from his Sixers stint. All right, so Denver, we agree, gonna be really great again. Lakers, let's talk Lakers. This team, it's if anyone's gonna unseat Denver, it's this team, and we we kind of you kind of said that at the top. Uh, their offseason, they brought in so many different guys. To me, I love it when I talked about this the other day with Joe and Andrew about Boston. I love a team that can rotate its starting five around, not because, you know, they're playing bad and they need to change things up, but because depending on the matchup, depending who's on the other side of the court, they can mix up the lineup and match whatever style the other team's playing defensively, offensively, whatever. The Lakers can... Like, obviously, LeBron and Davis and Reeves probably will start almost every game. Like, Reeves, I assume, will be a starter most games. Obviously, the LeBron and Davis will be. 
they can shuffle this starting lineup around as long as everyone's buying in and playing selfless basketball. You could see all kinds of different combinations. This team is so deep. Um, what's what are you most excited about for this Lakers team? Uh, I want to see if like Reeves, it can be like can keep up what he did during that playoff run. If he could like be their third guy in that playoff stretch, LeBron was kind of hurt, but it kind of let other guys shine a little bit. And I feel like Reeves, whenever he got the ball, good things were happening on the court. And they were able to retain him for, like, a lot cheaper than I thought. So, obviously, LeBron and AD are going to be great. I feel like if they could just get, like, Reeves or, like, someone like that, one of their role players to really step up like that. And they they always have one guy that's, like, a lot better than you think. So, Malik Monk went there, was great. Lonnie Walker last year, especially in that Gold State game. But in the beginning of the year, he was really good. I think Reeves, though, stepped up in a big way. He's, like, the fun guy in the Lakers. That, um, a little bit of a wild card where it's, I'm sure he's going to be good in the playoffs. I actually wanted him with the ball at times because I felt like LeBron was gassed or Davis was mm-hmm. putting in so much effort on defense, but Reeves was kind of like their best offensive uh, weapon at times. Yeah. I think Reeves will have a big year. Like I don't think he's going to put up 20 a game, but I think he's going to be exactly what they need him to do. He is a really good shooter, but he can nice. handle the ball a little. He plays defense. Like he's not just some Kyle Korver. He's, he's a good player. No, he like actually would just what was like creating in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, the yeah. moment LeBron pulled him over and talked to him, and then he was like, you remember his face was like, whoa. Yeah. 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 Since then, changed him. Right. But he also, like, drives and gets fouled a lot, too. Like, he does a lot. And I think it's just a little bit of, like, the stereotype. You see him out there, like, all right, that guy must be, like, just the shooter. But he, like, does a lot more. And I feel like he, the team actually needs someone to do that because I like the other weapons they have, but I don't feel like they have anyone else that could really create besides – him lebron and davis isn't davis doesn't really create offense like that yeah russell has his moments as a passer but he's more of like a volume guy but he, i i like he's what they've done with ways what you say i think the low is going to get traded for what though i think they kind of need him i don't think they need him i don't think they liked how it went with him in the playoffs i think initially they really liked it um i don't know he was a fine mid-range well, guy can I ask the question then Huh? Who's gonna Who's gonna be their like scorer off the bench if they trade Dilo? Because I think they need like that's why I think they need him. I think he is the if as long as he, I think they signed Gabe Vincent with the intention of him starting and just being that tough defensive hound. They need Russell to buy in and be a sixth man on this team. Maybe he won't, but I I think he wouldn't have resigned unless he was okay with his role. I don't think they had a lot of options though either. You know, I don't think he had. A lot. I guess so like I don't think they love D'Lo I feel like they were just let's just keep the asset and we can flip him because I think he's a tradable contract so that'd be my guess but I don't I don't know I thought Gabe Vincent would come off the bench but I do like him in the starting lineup yeah so he might like I don't know maybe Russell is going to start for this team I I think I think there's nights he can it depends on who they're playing like I was saying but I would want Vincent I like Vincent and Reeves together up playing off LeBron like I really like that and then at the four they can mix it up any night if they need if they want someone who can you know drain corner threes play defense Torian Prince is going to do that if they want extra rebounding Vando's going to come in and then there's going to be nights when Christian Wood and Anthony Davis are playing together and they're just dominating offensively down low and Christian Wood, say what you will, he 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 had to swallow his pride a little, take take a bit of a discount. You know, his stats are one thing, but he had to take a little less money, uh, you know, due to whatever reputa- reputation he has around the league. 
the guy's still a really good three-level scorer on offense. And if he's as a six-man or a spot starter opposite Davis, I think he's going to be really good for this team. Yeah, no, I'm a. I oddly liked Christian Wood last year when he was on the Mavericks. Oh, mm-hmm. I made a few tweets saying he's better than Embiid. I remember those. Um, oh my god, he when he gets going on offense, he actually looks like one of the best centers in basketball. He cannot play defense, however, it's easy to hide him when he's next to Anthony Davis. I feel like that's a lot better. Right. Um, but yeah, no, like you said, he's gonna be like a guy that when he's feeling it, you put him in for a little bit. And then he's like fun, but if he's not feeling it, you pull him because you have Anthony Davis, you have other options on the team. Right. I feel like he could actually be one of their better bench players for their offense. I know in the playoffs it might look rough with him, but I feel like for the regular season, especially, he's gonna have some nights where he's like making four threes in a row. Yeah, I think Wood's gonna be good. Uh and Rui, I forgot to mention, he's also still there. No, Rui, Rui went ballistic in the playoffs and he yeah. was making every three. He was so scorching. what he was doing was actually like yeah impossible to sustain but he was also on fire he's a weird player because when he's playing bad he doesn't really have any discernible skill that's above average but like when he's hot and just scoring he's just this good scoring wing that you know he's so lanky and long like he's he's dangerous on offense so he's a weapon maybe they do make a trade maybe they package like russell and vanderbilt and kind of free up the bench a little and bring one guy in a little bit of an upgrade at point guard or something. I don't know where that's coming from, but to your point, although I kind of disagree, I think this is the roster more or less for the year, and I'm okay with that because I love this roster. Maybe there is a trade where they get even better. Either way, I think they they have they're really they have a really good opportunity here as long as their stars are healthy. And I I like Darvin Ham too. I think he's at least a solid coach. Yeah, no, he proved a lot with Milwaukee, and I feel like he didn't get a chance until, like, the end of last year to prove he can coach. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he did a pretty good job. And I feel like in the playoffs, we saw a lot of coaching issues. Like, we saw in the East what Spolstra could do with bad co- going against bad coaches. So, he, I think Cam held his own in the West. And then I forgot about Vanderbilt. I just really like Vanderbilt. But I feel like they, they couldn't play him in some series, depending on the matchup. Yeah. So if you say if you package him, but he is also very important to their defense as well. Right. But they have some options. So I think this is probably I don't want to say it's the best built team in the West, but I feel like this one has the most like offense and defense that can mesh. Denver Good. is the best offense. Yeah. The Lakers might have the best like all around offense defense, and then Phoenix is just the most talented. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good outlook. Like Denver, they have the best player and the best scheme, but the Lakers, they're so deep. I agree. So yeah, I think those are the biggest three teams in the West. And really, like I was saying, it's more just Denver and the Lakers for me. If if a team besides those two wins the West, I'll be very, very surprised. So looking at the rest of this conference, there's a lot to unpack because there's a lot of good teams fighting for eight spots. And if you want to break it down to five spots, if you put those three teams we just talked about at the top, like it's it's going to get messy in the standings, and I think it's going to be very closely knit. Uh, there might be some injuries. Like if a star goes down on one of these teams, it could be a big deal for that for those teams because you can't really lose ground in this race. For me, so you know we'll, we'll we'll probably start going one at a time here. But who is like the one team outside of that top three that you're excited about this year in the West? I don't want to like say none. But, like, there's a whole tier. I feel like the only one that has, like, that elite upside to maybe do something or the Clippers because they have Kawhi. Right. But I'm not going to come out here and be like, 
Actually, Joe, they have Kawhi and Paul George because we did that last year. And guess what? In the playoffs, neither one of them played. So yeah. I'm not doing it again. Well, Kawhi played two games, but I'm, I can't. I'm going to well, watch the Clippers the whole regular season because of Westbrook. And I actually like yeah. so many other pieces. And guess what? If the playoffs come around, and in the rare, rare chance Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are both playing, they actually could compete. So mm-hmm. out of their potential for their ceiling, that's the only team that like could do something, I feel like. Yeah. The Clippers, obviously. So they have a very good coach in Ty Lue. And like you mentioned, they have that star combo of George and Kawhi, who are just, if they're healthy, they're dominant on the wing. There's there's no other wing combo besides maybe Brown and Tatum that can stack up to them. Uh, Westbrook was so good for them down the stretch. He just unlocked a different side of their offense that, you know, as long as he's not shooting 25 times a game, if he's hustling on the boards, passing the ball like that, and, you know, everyone likes Westbrook. So as long as he's, you know, not taking all the shots on offense, he's going to contribute. And their bench remains really good. I like Norm Powell. I like the center combo. I I think Plumlee and Zubac are both helpful players. I love, loved their trade for K.J. Martin. K.J. Martin's a really good, he's just really good at cutting to the basket. Great athlete. I think he's the type of player, you know, off Westbrook. He could be catching some lobs from Westbrook this season. I like that. As currently constructed, if these guys are hurt again, they're not going to be a factor. Even if these guys are healthy, I still think they're going to struggle to beat the Lakers and the Nuggets. So that makes me ask, if you put James Harden on this team as the point guard, what happens? How how do you feel about this team? Because I know you love Westbrook, and Westbrook's, you know, he's a he tries harder and he's more liked. But I'm sorry, Harden is still a better player at this point. That's a reality that we have to accept. So if you put Harden as the point guard for this team, how do you feel about him then? I don't like it because I don't think – I think Westbrook fits better with that team and what the team needs than what Harden does. Harden does it in a way where it's, I feel like he's doing it, but it's all kind of centered. All right, they both play like this heliocentric way. But Westbrook's way is based off of him driving and like him going all out effort-wise. Mm-hmm. I feel like Harden's more of like a pass it and then don't move kind of guy where Westbrook's like going to get the offensive rebound and then pass it out. Yeah. I'd rather have Westbrook because I feel like you know what you're getting with him, whereas Harden is going to be a – what shape is he in? Is he trying? Is he going to quit after two weeks? I don't know. I don't think after the playoffs you would look at Westbrook and be like, all right, we need to upgrade that position. I don't you – know what I mean? And I don't think Westbrook could come off the bench, but you can't play Westbrook and Harden together. So – Well, they it worked in 2020. No, that was completely different. That I know. Was, I know. That, I'm they, playing devil's advocate. I got a lot to say about Harden, but go ahead. I know. I just like that was when they were both in their prime. Now that they're both on the decline, Westbrook is still going to give you that energy. Harden's going to give you some nights where he looks like he's amazing and other nights where it looks like he's not even trying. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the, I don't think the Clippers actually get Harden. I don't think I don't know what team is signing up to deal with that. And I feel like Westbrook kind of proved if they don't need it. If if Westbrook had a bad Phoenix series, I think Harden would have been in LA like a month ago. Yep, I completely agree with you. I think you nailed this on the head. I was just I was setting you up. I I didn't want to say it because I I talk about about Harden enough. The last thing the Clippers need is James Harden because if they trade for him, it means they've made that commitment. They're giving him the contract he wants so badly. And they're basically saying, oh, we we trust you all the way, James. You're here to stay. Here's your money. And that gives him full authority 
to be like, well, I'm here for the long haul. I don't really need to try that hard in the playoffs. We got Kawhi. We got Paul George. Why are they, Why? Is, why am I the concern? That's just going to lead to more James Harden playoff collapses, which maybe are just ine- inevitable no matter where he's at, what role he's in, whatever. But he's trying to get that payday. And to me, he's expecting to go to the Clippers. And maybe the Sixers are expecting to send him there. But if we want James Harden to play, if a team wants James Harden to play well in the playoffs, he's got to be hungry. Like, I hate, like, dang, like, I hate saying, I like, think Harden's hunger is actually a problem in recent years. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we saw that when he left Houston and especially on the Nets. But yes. I think his hunger, I think he should be less hungry going forward. Yes, that, that's that's fair. I think that. In terms of on the court, though, hunger. That's what I'm referring to. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember when Westbrook showed up to the game without a shirt and he had that thing on? He was just ripped. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've never seen him and looking at, like, Harden. And I'm like, it's not even fair. Like, Westbrook is in such impeccable shape compared to Harden. <laughs> it's, it's shit. Like, Harden should not be this good when he's built like that. But when <laughs> Westbrook's like, Westbrook looks like a great god. Yeah, you know Giannis because he's not seven feet tall. Westbrook's only six three. Sorry, but like, oh my god, he should be so much better than Harden. But Harden like wobbles in there, and he's like, "All right, I'm here. Give me my payday and a donut, and I'll leave." Oh my god. I mean, I'm not. I, I guess so. I think just for Harden though, both metaphorically, literally, whatever, when it comes to his effort, like he he, it would be better for him if he got traded to like Toronto and like a team that like he doesn't really want to be there but he has to kind of work hard so they pay him all that stuff. The Clippers, he wants the red carpet rolled out for him. But to your point, they already have Westbrook who fits the system better, he's more selfless. Harden said, I, I don't know if it's true, but it, it was reported by multiple people that he wanted to go to Houston so he could be a 30-point scorer again. And Houston laughed at him. If Harden got like offered a massive deal to play in like China, I feel like he might actually should do it. I mean, if he's making more money he than he would in the NBA, sure. He doesn't care about winning. He just wants to put up the stats and get paid, which I feel like he could do in China because I feel like he's annoying. Like, he, yeah. what situation does he want? He wants Houston in, like, 2016, 2017 again. It's like, that's not – you're not that guy anymore. You're yeah. like, A, he's not that guy anymore. B, like, teams realize, hey, maybe we shouldn't build our whole team around unstable superstars who are extremely ball-centric. And it's just, it's just, it's, I can't take him. I can't. He's one, actually got me worse than Kyrie in my head. After last year's playoffs, I might agree, at least on the court. Um, The one thing I can't get out of my head, you mentioned Kyrie, with Harden. In Brooklyn, he did what he was supposed to do. And now maybe it was because in the playoffs he was hurt. But, like, maybe it's because he's friends with Durant and Kyrie that he was willing to, like, I'll be the point guard. And that's what I thought we were getting in Philly. And we got it at times. But it seemed like him and Doc butted heads enough. And, you know, I empathize with Harden for butting heads with Doc, I guess. But they butted heads so much that Harden was, like, tired of being that guy. And by the time the playoffs rolled around, he was just itching to get out of there so he could be a, a top-flight scorer again. Yeah, but that's, like, a Harden problem, not a Doc problem. And he leaves. I know. I, I know he left the Nets. And I feel like it's not even Harden's fault that much. But, like, he didn't leave the Nets on good terms either. And Houston, I don't even know. He left Houston on bad terms, too. I don't know how he, like, if he's constantly leaving and there's, like, he leaves on bad terms, he's the common denominator. I feel like he has a problem. And I feel like he's been able to, like, get away with some stuff because he's been averaging 30-plus points a game. But now that he's older, 
teams aren't going to like want to put themselves through that if he's not that guy anymore. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think we, I think the Clippers, it's weird because if they make the trade for Harden, they're kind of caving and I don't think they need to do it. So really it comes down to, it comes down to Kawhi and Paul George. Kawhi and Paul George will be free agents after this season. So very interesting year with the Clippers coming. Extend Kawhi though. Maybe I'm wrong, but there's been buzz about like, are the Sixers going to make a push for Kawhi? They're not going to get Kawhi. I think he's going to re-sign with the Clippers. But I'm just saying, I believe he is a free agent this summer. They were having healthy conversations with Kawhi about his extensions. And so they didn't send anything yet. But apparently they like, I remember seeing a report about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a good chance Kawhi re-signs with the Clippers. Paul George, they might want to mix it up. Paul George might be off the team next year. I would love him in Philly. I would I would take him in a heartbeat. So he would be a really nice fit on the wing. They need someone like that. Even with the injuries, I think he'd be a good veteran piece to come in. Uh, we'll have to see. I mean, that was – some people hoped we'd do a Harden for Paul George trade. It was never realistic because Paul George is just a better asset. But I don't yeah. know. It's, it's just a lot of question marks with the Clippers, and the odds of them actually finally doing it and breaking through are slim. So it's it's a weird year for them. Yeah, there's no actual extension yet, but it seems like with the Clippers building a new stadium, they'll probably bring back the stars. Because what right. what is Kawhi actually worth? I don't know. He's I don't know either. I don't think a team's gonna want to give him a max contract. Except the Clippers. I think the Clippers. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Because they need him for like their new stadium and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they he knows that they'll let him load manage 85 games a year. So out of the yeah. including the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just... It's true. So yeah, I think you're right. So I think he'll resign, but it's just they're such in a state of flux, and I just think they're they're just never gonna get through, especially with Denver and the Lakers now. I just don't think they're ever breaking through. The year for them, uh, we're going too deep on the Clippers, so maybe we should move on. But the year for them was the bubble, and it didn't yeah. work out. So they actually had the most momentum, and then COVID happened. So yeah. I actually feel like that's fair. Yeah, for sure. So looking at the rest of the West. So there's a lot of these, there's these young up and coming teams like Memphis and Minnesota and Oklahoma city. And, uh, and then there's these teams with veterans, like you got golden state with Chris Paul coming in. You got Dallas reloading with Kyrie and Luca uh, Sacramento last year. They're trying to build off what they did. So like, let's go to Memphis because actually, no, let's go to golden state. Golden state's a little more important. So golden state, you mentioned earlier, they win the title in 22 last year. They were pretty good, but they were really bad on the road. They had the whole Draymond Jordan Poole situation. They wind up trading Jordan Poole and bringing in Chris Paul. So the the reports that I've seen, maybe I'm not up to date, are saying that Chris Paul is going to start for this team, which means Draymond's going to play like center full time, which I guess isn't that big a deal. He already plays center a lot in the playoffs, but like as he's getting older, I would want Draymond taking on less of like a regular season load. Uh, and I love Looney. They still don't have a traditional center, but I guess they, they never will. So I don't know. I feel like the best version of this Golden State team is with Chris Paul as a spot starter, but more as like a six-man awesome playmaker for their bench guys. But if he's the starter, I don't know. It, it creates a lot more questions for me. Uh, I know you're you're very down on Klay Thompson, so you can talk a little about him playing on the wing this year. Uh, I love Curry. He's still awesome. But – I think there's a lot of questions for this Golden State team, and I'm not convinced they're even going to be a top six team. I think they could be in the play. Yeah, I actually haven't really been a big fan of Golden State like in recent years. When they won, I was shocked. Like, but we disagreed on that because I really liked that team. But 
It's two years. I just feel like going into each series, I was I could see how they won each series, but like I would just would not have picked them at all to like come out of the West. Um, I Chris Paul's a weird fit. I really don't know how that's gonna work, but I'm interested to see it. I don't think Draymond playing the five the whole regular season is gonna work, especially no. when they get to the playoffs. I don't know. Because they, they have Wiggins. If they didn't have Wiggins, you put Draymond at the four and Looney at the five, but you can't bench Wiggins for Looney, you know? So yeah. they're a weird team. I think they liked having a small five in, like, 2016. They're like, guys, we discovered it, or in 2015. <laughs> and then they just, like, never wanted to get a center ever again until James Wiseman, which burned them terribly. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not a fan of Golden State. I think Clay's going to be better than whatever because – I, my point was when he's coming off a torn Achilles and ACL, I was like, I don't think he's gonna be as good as he once was. Like immediately when he comes back from injury, and it took a while to get back. But when when he makes hits a three, everyone's like, Clay Thompson, the best duo in the league is him and Curry, and it's like, no, he's yeah. not. Like, whatever. Offensively, uh, Chris Paul is gonna get them in good positions. Clay, I thought you, I thought you were gonna talk about Clay's defense. Like he, Clay's he, defense is done. He can't. He cannot play the three. He can't play the three. He's not going to be able to hold up. I'm not going to lie though. Like I feel like that's better than him at the two because I feel like he was he's getting beat with okay. small shifty guys. So his defense, I don't feel like was great, but I feel like he's going to get beat now more with size. But I feel like when he was the two, smaller guys could get around him because he did not have. He doesn't have like the same like quickness he did staying in front of people. Mm-hmm. So I actually don't feel like that's going to be a massive problem. Curry thinks to find defender Chris. Chris Paul's weird because it's like he's small, but I feel like he's like used to be a good defender, but now he's kind of older. So I don't really think whatever, but. But I guess Wiggins will be guarding wings on most nights, the best wing scorer. So I guess Clay, they can kind of hide him. But even still, I just, like you mentioned, his lateral quickness is kind of gone and he's never been like an elite athlete. So I don't know. I don't love that for him. He used to be an elite defender. I know he used to be, but it's just like we said, he just doesn't quite have it anymore. I mean, even their bench, where is the scoring going to come from, especially if Chris Paul starts? Their their bench guys are like GP the second, uh, Pods Minsky, a rookie that they're really high on, but like, okay, he's a rookie. We'll have to see it. Moses Moody, like, I don't know. I just don't see them having that spark. I, I don't think they're that good. I I get why they traded Jordan Poole because I feel like he needed to change the scenery, but right. like he had he to. an important bench guy for them that could get hot. I feel like Chris Paul belongs off the bench for – the team's fit and just I think it works better, but I don't even know what a simple Golden State. I, I just don't like them. Like it's weird, but like I feel like they're gonna be, like crawl to the playoffs as like a seven seed, win a play in, and then it's like Golden State. It's, right. and we're gonna start talking about is the dynasty over once they lose in like five to Denver. Yeah, uh, and the answer will be yes. So yeah, it, it, I I don't like hating on the Warriors because I like Curry a lot. I like I've I've since Durant left, I've been pro Golden State, but Curry's the only Warrior I actually even like. Yeah, well, you you hate Clay more than me. I'm just calling Clay it. Clay used to be like my favorite. Frank, Clay used to be in my like top tier random guys I liked from like, yeah. you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. no, he's still a year, a year after- ago. A year ago, everyone thought Draymond was in his last year with the Warriors, and I think that would have been a nice place for them to reset the like their system. But instead, they they traded Jordan Poole, and I'm not saying Draymond's not good anymore. He's still a very useful player. I just think Golden State could have used a fresh start, a fresh look, a fresh philosophy, and Draymond could have gone and done Draymond things for a different team and helped them win. I don't okay. know. I think they would have done that if their young guys panned out. 
but they kind of missing all their young guys. Like probably Kaminga is fine, but like it's early, but yeah, he's never yeah, gonna be far. Yeah, Kaminga isn't whatever. Uh, Moses Moody, I think, can be a serviceable bench player, but he's not gonna turn anything. Wiseman was a complete, you know, whiff, mm-hmm. and it's you're looking at it. It's like all right, like they were kind of bad and they got these good picks from trades and stuff and none of it really panned out. So this whole building the old and the young at the same time, well, turns out their young isn't that good and the old is still just getting older. So I don't, I think they kind of got stuck with Draymond still because then I have his replacement. Uh, yeah, I, gu- I guess you're right about that. So we'll see how it pans out for them. A team that's been a thorn in Golden State side for a while that I actually think got a little better is the Memphis Grizzlies. John Moran, all his drama. He's going to be suspended, what is it, 24 games? The first 24 games? Something like that. Yeah, I believe that's what it was. So they're going to be without him. So I guess that means Marcus Smart will be starting alongside Desmond Bain in the backcourt. But once Morant comes back, as long as he's John Morant, I really like the addition of Smart. I think he's just the type of leader, the type of culture setter, as I have to say, that I think they needed instead of Dylan Brooks. Uh, we've The much maligned Dylan Brooks. I don't know. I just think this team needed someone to to light that spark under them, and I think Marcus Smart is capable of doing that. He's going to be motivated. He just got traded by the team that he's always been on for a decade. Um, and I don't know. I also still like their coach. I like their bench players. I think they have a unique system. It's like a mix of the old grit and grind with some of these you know defensive big guys, but then at the same time, they also have just an explosive, like fun offense with Bain and Ja. So. I think they're going to be good. I still just don't think – we talked about this last year. Still don't think they have that second star to, like, level them up to, you know, Phoenix – Golden or not Golden State, Phoenix, Denver, Lakers, even Clippers. But they're going to be a good regular season team. I have no doubt about that. I guess Jaws' absence might hurt them, though. What do you think about Memphis? Um, did you see ESPN's ranking of, like, the top players in the league? kind of wasn't jaw like lower than he should have been i saw it and i almost like spit out whatever i was drinking because it was it was all right what do you think his ranking is it was lower than you not higher right in 2022 he he was number nine yeah they probably threw him on like 28 35 oh that's that's insane i think it was insane he off court off court doesn't change his talent he would be top 10 player played pretty or played really well when he was playing Mm-hmm. 35 yeah. so i don't get that i don't get it either i think uh espn's rankings might be a little scary about john morant now it's not the guy i'd want to get mad but uh anyways <laughs> oh <my God>. um <laughs> yeah uh i think as long as jaw gets you know the off the court stuff situated he's actually playing i like memphis still i really liked them last year until halfway through the year i kind of flipped because they were annoying me um <laughs> Once they started chirping to LeBron and then LeBron dunked on all of them, I was like, all right. That was, awesome. that was the greatest moment of the NBA regular season. I feel like last year was that moment. I was like, you yeah. know what? These guys, the Memphis Grizzlies did nothing. And they talked more smack than anyone. They got humbled. Dylan Brooks, I feel like getting him out of there is gonna is a good way to change the culture. Because I feel like Ja has that energy, but at least Ja's worth it to have that energy because he's good. Dylan Brooks is not that good, but he had that same type of like, I'm the best player ever mentality. Yeah. I really like Jaron Jackson Jr. He's the only guy, the him and Bain are the only two guys in the Grizzlies I like from like a person standpoint. And Steven Adams. Oh, and Steven Adams. But yeah, he got injured though. Actually, 
he once he got injured, that team kind of fell off a little bit. Right. He's so, important. He's very important. Yeah, I know because Xavier Tillman's fine, but he's not Steven Adams. Mm-hmm. So I feel like with him coming back, I think they're going to be another really good regular season team. I think they they're kind of reminding me of the Kings still, just like they're like the Kings in like a year or two. You know what I mean? Like that's the vibe they kind of give me right now. As long as the whole Jaw thing, he's back and playing. Wait, so that's a good transition. You think? Do you think the Kings are better than Memphis? No. Like when it comes to the playoffs, Memphis has been there now like three years. Mm-hmm. In two years, like the Kings will be where the Grizzlies are now. The Kings are new and. That was like the Grizzlies a few years ago where they're like, oh, they, they're pretty good in the regular season, but they need a postseason success. I think the Grizzlies have that postseason experience now to like try to put something together as long as their guys are healthy. I agree. I think they could be a second round exit this year, maybe even sneak into the conference finals if something goes wrong for one of those other teams we talked about. Me, speaking of the Kings, you know, they were the three seed last year, first playoff appearance since 2006. I'm conflicted about them. I really like, you know, like the beam. It's it's a ton of fun. They've got a lot of fun players. I don't think they, well, they've made a few marginal moves that might make them a bit better, but I actually think they're due for a slight step back and then they're going to have to make a move in over the course of the next year to propel them forward a little bit more. I just think their defense was bad last year. They haven't upgraded really. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like the West got a bit better. And they kind of stayed stagnant. And I'm okay with that. A lot of people are saying, could the Kings make a big trade? Uh, but so far, they haven't done that. They've kind of held their cards to their chest. And I think I'm okay with that. If they The right thing hasn't come up yet. But for now, I think they're treading water. And I don't even know if I think they're a playoff team necessarily. I am a little they're worried. They're a play-in team. They're a play-in team. But like, I'm not convinced they're going to have as much success. Yeah, they were a three seed, but I feel like no one has faith in them doing that again. There's, from a team perspective of like how their guys played, there's nowhere really to go but down. De'Aaron Fox was like a top five MVP candidate, or he was like five or six in that range. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't really get much better than that from De'Aaron Fox, I feel like. Sabonis so was really good in the regular season. If you want to argue that they might have a better postseason, maybe they went around. Like, maybe Sabonis, because he got hurt, I think, against the Warriors and played through it. Maybe, you know, but in terms of regular season, there I don't think there's any chance of them being a three-seed or better. Yeah. I think Fox, if anything, could just be worse. Sabonis is probably going to be the same. Keegan Murray, you have you could have some hope because he's, he's young. Yeah, so, but it's they're like that's a lot of pressure on him in year two. Yeah, like I don't think he's gonna take like this massive leap. Their biggest issues were like defense. Mm-hmm. And like I feel like they need like a better bench besides Monk. Because I feel like Monk was great off the bench, but I feel like they use some like more big guys off the bench, oh, and I feel we like can, they're gonna fix that. Right, briefly on their bench, they made a couple marginal moves that maybe if they click, it will help. Javale McGee was a really good backup center two years ago. He kind of just faltered out in Dallas last year, but maybe he can get back to being an impact guy. That would give them, you know, some size off the bench. They signed Sasha Vazenkov, the Euroleague MVP, who's putting up eighteen a game over there. Yeah. Maybe he's like they signed to a three year deal. I think they're excited about it. He could maybe be an important piece. I just haven't really watched him play. I can't. It seems like an offensive base forward, though. So maybe I'm stereotyping him because he's European. But at the same time, yeah, that's that, exactly what you're doing. But I am doing the exact same thing. Yeah, so I think that's that's the vibe I got. And then Chris Duarte was pretty good with the Pacers as a rookie, completely fell off last year, but. We'll see. Maybe he can, you know, provide an extra scoring burst. Um, and then the guy they drafted in the second round, Colby Jones, 
uh, got a lot of comparisons to someone like Malcolm Brogdon I read in the Ringers uh, mock draft breakdown. So, you know, they like him as a, an experienced college player coming into the league. So there's guys, maybe they step up, but I just don't think any of those guys, except maybe Vizenkov, really changed much for the team. Yeah, it's – yeah. I, Bench could be better, though, but I don't know how much that changes. The European guy you said is the only, like, real wild card I feel like they have that can kind of – catapult them forward otherwise i think they're gonna be another fun offense pretty good regular season but like not amazing and then playoffs if they go against the lakers or the nuggets or the suns or like the warriors again i don't like the warriors maybe but like i i don't i don't think they're gonna win the first round really yeah i agree i agree so some teams You know, we've been talking about some teams we're kind of doubtful of. Golden State, Sacramento, even Phoenix to a degree. Let's talk some teams at least I'm optimistic in. I think the Thunder could be poised for a big jump this year. Do you think they're ready or do you think they need another year or so before they're a playoff threat? Yeah, I I like the Thunder because I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander is kind of like one of those guys that can actually lead a team. I feel like he became a franchise player. He was always one of my, like, favorite guys from that Paul George trade. I always kind of liked Shea. Because I loved his rookie year at the Clippers. And I always liked him probably more than most. And then when he was popping off last year, I was like, hey, I knew this guy was going to be good. And then and then it was like, oh, my God, he's averaging like 31. And I'm like, okay, like, I didn't think it was going to be that good. Yeah. So if he can do that again, he might be a little bit Darren Foxy where it's like, I don't know if he could do that again. But, like, if he does it, he looks really good against the Pelicans in that, like, playing game. They had to like guard him all the way up the court because they just did not want to let him have the ball because they know how good he is. Yeah. Um Chet Chet, I feel like can be a real difference maker if he's playing and actually healthy. I don't like the fact that we talked like before he went in the league, the concern was injuries, and he didn't even play in the regular season last year because he, he missed like the whole season literally. So I don't want to like make them rely on Chet. However, one guy that I love is Jalen Williams, who was literally one of the greatest fantasy basketball players in the second half of last year and won me my league. I watched him for the first time when LeBron had that scoring title game when he hit that, you know, got that thing. But the, honestly, no one talked about Jalen Williams was going off in that game. And I was watching him like, oh my God, like LeBron, sure, nice title, but Jalen Williams, Jesus. <laughs> um. So I really, I think he's a bulldozer. He's a, he's a bulldozer. He's just like six foot four plays like kind of like a forward. I think this team, I'm, I really think they're going to be a playoff team. I, I think SGA is for real. I think he's a great two-way guard. I, maybe he's not going to average 30, but I don't think he really needs to. I think Giddy is ready for another step. Holmgren, like, I don't know what to expect, but I think he's, I don't know, going to give him 14 and eight. Like he's going to be a real, they have not had a real center since they started this rebuild. And, you know, the rebuild might be coming to an end here. They might become real contenders soon, but I like him. I think he's going to, you know, he's not just a big guy. Like, he can shoot. He he was really good at Gonzaga. That's why he went second in the draft. And then their bench, like, Kaysen Wallace is going to be a really good NBA player. I love that draft pick. It was a weird fit because they already have so many guards, but that guy's a really good defensive guard already, and I think he has the tools to succeed. And the funniest part of this Thunder roster, another EuroLeague signing, Vasily Micic, who the Sixers had the draft rights of forever. They wound up trading him uh, in the Al Horford trade, which was very funny. But now this guy is average like 
18 a game, 16 a game in Europe, that's hard to do with all the ball movement over there. He's a real scorer, and I think that this team could be really deep, and I think they're ready to to take some people by surprise because I think they have the top-end talent to do it. It's time. It's time to come out of the rebuild. It's time to come out of the cave and be, be a real contender. I, I think Chet's playing. I think they can actually, like, be a, maybe a four seed. They're going to have this little window, and then in, like, three years, they're going to have to start losing those guys because they have too many. Right. They might be, like in a weird Clippers position in a few years where it's like they have so many guys that they like, and like Grizzlies like two years ago where it's like mm-hmm. they're deep. Remember when like the, they had to lose um, Melton. Melton. Yeah. Like you just have too many guys. You can't pay them all. Denver right. always has I, Jones just left too. Yeah. Yeah. Like Grizzlies had this problem. The Nuggets have this problem and the Clippers have it where you have so many guys on the team that are good. You can't pay them all. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Thunder have all these guys on young rookie deals these next two, three years be great. And then they still have so many picks. They're not even done. Yeah. I honestly, if they wanted to, they could still do a massive trade. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like all right, they'll give you Giddy and like eight picks and then or not eight picks, but Giddy and like two picks and get like a legit star back. Like they could have gotten Dame if they wanted to, but obviously, like yeah. I don't think that was a great fit next to Shea, but like you get the point. When there, if there's a guy that's available, they can make a trade for him. So if they want to be a real contender, I think they can. But in the meantime, I love what they're building. Yeah, I I, I think this is the year. I think they have the the right mix of guys on both ends of the ball. I think they're going to be a playoff team. So I guess we need to start speeding through some of these other teams. But what's another team like? I just feel like we need to talk about a lot of these teams though, because I really think there's a lot of teams in the West that can make a playoff push. Here's another team we haven't mentioned yet, the Dallas Mavericks. They have Luka Doncic on their team. What do you think about them? You're waving them off. Wow. Because I actually think they're going to be pretty solid. So why are you waving them off? All right. I own a Luka Doncic jersey. I love him. Just him and Kyrie did not look like a good duo. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase. Most of the game, they did not look like a great duo together. They would have a three minute stretch where they might have been the greatest offensive duo I've ever seen, where I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. They just hit like eight threes in 30 seconds. And then they don't play great defense. They get like out rebounded because then they just, people drive to the paint against that team. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're a fully well-built team. Uh, they got the kid out of Duke, the center. What was his name? Lively. Lively. Derek Lively. Lively. If he can like actually be a serviceable big, but... I just so, I don't love their I don't love their weapons around uh, Kyrie and Doncic and I feel like Doncic was actually better when he was surrounded by like Dorian Finney-Smith and mm-hmm. Spencer Dinwiddie. I feel like he was better then, and I feel like maybe the ceiling wasn't as high, but at least you're getting to the playoffs. They were a four seed with them last year. Right. They get Kyrie and they fell out of the whole entire playoff race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, and I think Kyrie takes the ball out of Luca's hands a lot. However. I think, to your point, they need guys who can kind of play off Luka. They don't need the ball in their hands. So even though Kyrie is kind of a weird fit, I think when you look at the rest of the guys on the team, it's a lot of guys who aren't going to need the ball. They're all, they're just going to be able to make you know some spot-up opportunities coming out of these double teams that Luka or Kyrie will be dealing with. I think the Grant Williams signing is a really good one. And you know people look at the salary and be like, oh, my God, Grant Williams isn't that player. I think that he's proven to be a pretty capable three-point shooter. He cares. He has a high motor. I think at the very least, he's a bit of a defensive upgrade from the guys they had in that spot last year. I think Josh Green, he cuts the basket. He's athletic. 
think he's the kind of guy they need. Derek Jones Jr. even also I kind of like. Um, and you mentioned Lively. The problem I have with Lively has nothing to do with him. Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd's a guy who played Dwight Powell over Christian Wood last year. I don't know if he's going to give Lively the opportunity to really show his stuff as a rookie. This is a guy who's a very highly touted high school recruit. At Duke, he kind of got lost in the shuffle offensively, but as a role man for Luka, I think he's long-term the answer. I really like Derek Lively, and I think he's going to get there. As a rookie, he's got to battle it out with Dwight Powell and Sixers legend Rashawn Holmes for playing time, and I just don't believe in Jason Kidd to make that right call and maybe give the young guy, you know, give him give him more of an opportunity despite his, his uh, inexperience. So... I don't know. I think they need to upgrade from Dwight Powell, whether that's with Lively or via trade somehow. Um, but other than that, I think they got a bit better. Uh, Seth Curry's back now, so that's a three-point shooter they can have off the bench. But I don't know. Like They're weird, but I think they can get to 44 or 45 wins with this you know, kind of a reshuffled rotation with Luke and Kyrie for a full season. But seems like you disagree. It sounds like you still think they're maybe not a playoff team. I like the Grant Williams move, but I, I genuinely liked Dorian Finney-Smith and Dinwiddie a lot next to Luka. I feel like Dorian Finney-Smith was their only real defender that I liked. Dinwiddie is a weird guy, but I think he <laughs> out of the park next to Luka. Yeah. I don't think Kyrie over Dinwiddie is that much of an upgrade in terms of that system on that team. Obviously, Kyrie's a lot better, but like... right. You mentioned a lot of guys that I like, but you look at some of the real contenders in the West, and it's like, you look at the Lakers, and it's like, besides Kyrie and Luka, what guy are you taking on the Mavericks over all the rotation pieces on the Lakers? You know what I mean? Like, I don't you, think they're going to beat the Lakers, but... Just no, I know, but like I'm saying like, if you want to look at them as a real team in the West, sure, like you have to compare yourself to the better teams. I don't know what the Mavericks need to do. I feel like they just like got lucky with Luka, and then he's been able to mask the fact that they don't. I think we talked about this before. He's too good too early where they don't get a, they don't get good picks because yeah. he gets them wins. His rookie year, he was already an elite player. Yeah. Or yeah. So like they, they didn't get like this team where it's like, all right, Cade Cunningham, cool. We get the one pick Cade. And then you still get Jaden Ivy the next year because you don't win a lot with Cade, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, Luca's too good. Like LeBron was like that too, where it's like, all right, like, Right, he he doesn't have good teams to start with. They didn't have a good team to start with because he kept winning games for them. They mm-hmm. needed to like trust like trust the process kind of worked because they kept getting first round picks. You know what right. I mean? Right, exactly. So yeah, I don't know. I still think the talent of Luca is enough, and I think the system's all right. But I also yeah, like I said, I don't know. I don't really know if I trust Jason Kidd either. So maybe maybe I'm kind of talking myself out of it. Where I think Dallas, if things go right, they can certainly be in that play in race. But if I had to make my standing predictions, I'd probably have them outside that top eight. So I think I mostly agree with you, but I also kind of like some things they did. The one team we really disagree on, I think Minnesota, regular season-wise, is getting into the playoffs. Uh, I feel like you might disagree. I know we've that's another thing we butted heads about, I feel like, is the Gobert fit in Minnesota. I don't think they can win the title, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you do agree with me, but what do you think about Minnesota this year? I think they can – I think they're another team that's going to – be in the race for the top six all year. Joe, I'm kind of confused because when you were asking what team do you like, and then you said, what do you think about the Thunder? Before you said the Thunder, I was going to say I like Minnesota this year. Interesting. Um, I I still don't like Gobert. 
But that's not that doesn't mean I think the Timberwolves are going to suck this year. That just means I think that trade was stupid. Fair. So Fair. two things can be true. The team, I think it's still be good, but I also think that trade, if anything, made them worse. And I feel like it was a dumb trade that made no sense because they gave it way too much for him. Anthony Edwards is genuinely like one of the best players. He played, I think, every regular season game or almost because he actually he actually got hurt at the end. He was like trying to play through it because he actually wants to uh, play. That's crazy in the NBA today. But Towns is annoying. Gobert is annoying to me. But I think they actually showed a lot last year. They almost beat the Lakers. And I feel like yeah. people were like, all right, well, the Lakers aren't whatever. But we that was such a good playing game. I love that game. Too. Yeah. But here's the, instead of looking at that like, oh, the Lakers might be in trouble. They barely won the play-in. I think both teams were actually good. And the I forget who said it. Someone said it from the uh, Nuggets. Their biggest test in the playoffs was Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. Now, I disagree. I think it was the Lakers because every game is close. But from their perspective, Minnesota actually did some things to them that challenged them. And when they do something different, which is, hey, we could actually kind of guard Jokic with Gobert and like Towns, like we actually get rebounds, that adds an element that makes them different. Whereas Golden State is like, oh, cool, we can't get a rebound with Jokic mm-hmm. on the other on the other team. Right. Anything. Mm-hmm. The Timberwolves can have two bigs, or I mean, they only play one if one's on the bench. So I like them a lot this year mainly because of Anthony Edwards. I don't like the individual players, but I will admit, I actually do like the team. They will be on the bandwagon of teams I'm starting to like start to watch this year. And I think um, I like it. Oh, what's his face? Uh, Is he McDaniels, which Jaden or Jaden? A good one, Jaden. Jaden, yes. Jaden, is he? I know the last time we saw him, he punched a wall and broke his hand. Yeah, I mean, he had broke his hand. I'm sure he's going to be fine. He's going to be ready? He's, he's ready, fine. yeah. Broken right. hands don't last. He was like one of my favorite Timberwolves last year. Him, Nas Reed, and Anthony Edwards. Very good player, yeah. Those are the three I liked on the Timberwolves, not Cat or Gobert, but, you know. And Nas Reed was dealing with an injury as well, but I think he'll be better. He'll be ready for most of this season. I really like their bench. Kyle Anderson, Nas Reed, and you know who's going to have a really good year? I'm calling it right now. Shake Milton is going to put up like 12 a game for this team. He's going to have free reign. He's not going to be playing with Maxi and Melton and Harden and Ben Simmons. Like, I, I just think Shake Milton kind of found himself last year for a brief run uh, with the Sixers. He kind of opposite Melton. And as long as he is taking those floaters and driving and shooting two threes a game instead of four, if he's playing smart, I think he's a really capable scorer off the bench. And I think him and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I think those two are going to be impact guys. I think they have one of the best benches in the league. And the Towns go barefoot, I guess, is where they're going to be tested. Can Towns, you know, guard wings? Can he do it for a full season? I don't know, but he's still such a gifted offensive player, even if he has his moments, that I trust Edwards and I trust their depth. And I'm glad we agree. I thought you were going to be just because – you had some harsh words for him when we did the top 100 pod. So I All thought right. you were going to be like, Gobert is not the, the answer. They're going to suck. So I'm glad we agree. I'm glad you agree with me. I didn't like it last year. And I feel like I was fair to dislike them last year because they were bad last year when they played together. But I feel like by the end of the year, they figured it out. Also, remember how like they literally, who fought Gobert? Like someone like put, pushed Kyle him. Anderson. Kyle yeah. Anderson. Love that. Love that dude. Lomo, man. He's dude. Awesome. And when he did that, I was like, they care and I like it. Yeah. I like it. And the other thing for them, Conley, there for the whole year this time. As the yeah, player. I'm a, all right. Mike Conley, I feel like I thought he was fine. 
on like the Grizzlies growing up, but like I like him more and more as I get older because I feel like he's just still producing and hitting threes, being a good vet. And I just really like Mike Conley. So Conley and Edwards might be like my secret like stream east random game at like eleven thirty that I'm watching. I'm gonna text you big like, Joe. The Timberwolves are playing the Nuggets and they're losing by thirty two, but Conley's having a really good game right now. You know what right. I mean? Right. No, yeah, for sure. I think Minnesota I'm really confident they're going to be a top six. I think they're going to evade the play. I really do. One team that I'm very concerned about, it's a team that I've, last year, I had them winning like 50 games. I was like, they they have the talent, the depth, the coaching. They're going to be so good. The Pelicans. I had Willie Green as my coach of the year last year, and I think he's a good coach. This team just, you can't trust Zion. Ingram's had his own injury issues. McCollum started really hot there, but he's in his 30s now. He's getting a little slower. I love their roster. They have good depth. They have fun players. How can they compete in this Western Conference when they don't even know if their two best players, especially their best player, is going to suit up? And I think it stinks because I think this team could be really good. But, you know, we can keep it brief with them, but I, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs because, it, it, like, th- they will if Zion and Ingram are healthy, but how, how many years are we going to do this with them? Yeah, let's keep this brief because I don't want to – talk about unicorns all day because you know we're never gonna see him uh yeah zion playing uh sure if he plays cool but he's not going to because it's zion last year you were very high in the pelicans and i was not and then the pelicans were the one seed and i was like oh my god yeah they were really good in the first two months and then zion's like hey i i dunked and uh i'm not gonna play the rest of the season and it's like okay well cool there there goes that i feel like that's just a frustrating team i'm not going to want like I'll watch them when they're healthy, but I get, I can't take it. I, I don't really like talking about this team because it's so annoying. Like they're like another they're like a Clippers 2.0 where it's just like a bunch of guys, their stars can't stay on the court. And I I am tired of getting talked into them every year just to have them collapse. Honestly, I didn't realize how good every single team was in the West. Like every team yeah. is enjoyable to watch. That's why I kind of wanted to run through. Like I I mean, we went a little long, but I don't know. I, I think everybody here has Something interesting going on. So if you had to say right now, just to wrap up, is it Denver for you or are you kind of rolling with the Lakers? What What are you thinking? The best part of my NBA season last year was rooting for the Lakers when people okay. thought they were out and the Lakers going on the run for the conference finals was like, I felt like, I felt like a prophet. So uh, <laughs> I respect for them. I'm a, I'm gonna pick them. They, they had to like fight so much earlier than the Nuggets. I think they were just gassed out by that series, whereas the Nuggets got to rest the whole season. Now that the Lakers have their team picked out, I think they're going to be able to rest their guys. And I think it's going to be them and Denver fighting in the West again. Mm-hmm. I don't love Phoenix. And I think there's going to be like, there's always one team that's going to be, like, be better than we think. I'm right. sure. But like, I don't see how it's not Denver or the Lakers right now. Yeah, I think I picked Denver to beat the Lakers because I just trust Jokic, but it's going to be a really fun, you know, race. It's going to be a really fun arms race in that Western Conference this year. So I can't wait to watch it play out. I love just like looking from afar in an unbiased way at this Western Conference because I don't have a team in the West, like my team's in the East. I think it's going to be a just a fascinating top to bottom. Like, don't you think, don't you think like 12 of these teams could be fighting for the playoffs all year long? When we were at Willard's picking, like, let's predict the West, like, three people did it. And we had, like, wildly different ones. And then we had, like, we just forgot about the Warriors. 
and they won two years ago. I don't like. I genuinely like a lot of young teams. I'm like, I want to pick them to come out of the West or to like to make the playoffs. But that means you have to kick out the Clippers. How can you kick out the Clippers? They have Kawhi and Paul George. In like, yeah, yeah, like Phoenix. Like if Phoenix has to be locked, Lakers, Nuggets, and then it's like I like Minnesota too. I like the Grizzlies. I like the Clippers. I like. The, did I say the Nuggets? Like the Clip. Uh, Thunder, like the the Kings, like and the Mavericks, the Pelicans, if they're healthy, like yep. someone's getting, someone's not making the playoffs that should easily make it in the East. Yeah, I completely agree. So that's why it's so exciting, and I can't wait to see how it shakes out. So that's going to do it for our Western Conference preview. I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot about how competitive this conference is as the season rolls along. Chris, thank you for joining me. As always, can't wait to talk some ball with you as the season rolls along. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow Trust the Podcast on Spotify and Apple if you aren't already. And other than that, have a great rest of your day. Go Sixers. I'm glad they're not stuck in this compact Western Conference.